Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, starring the one, the only Ramon Foster out in Hendersonville, Tennessee. What's going on, Moan? Ah, not too much, man. Making it happen. You know, it turned out that the sun does rise, even if it is gray in your parts of the world. Uh, there is a new day. You know, Moan, do you stay on or off social media after a game like that? Uh, <laughs> selfishly, it depends on how I play. And if I had an outstanding bad play or if we as a unit had a bad game. So there's yeah. factors on determining if you get on <laughs> off social media, wait till the crowd die. Uh, but I, there are players who do this like right when they get on the plane. Yep, 100%. Some take it good and bad. Some just rather say the good, and some will take the bad later down the line. Uh, no matter what, you're going to be judged. No matter what, there's going to be somebody that says something. Uh, but that's a part of the game now. Everybody's interconnected like that now. Let's talk about the head coach. Uh, we are now officially, mathematically, one loss away from his, wor- his first losing season. Yeah, um, And... It's funny, I, I don't know why, but I've kind of had that out of my head ever since they were two and six. Like, I thought, yeah, <laughs> foregone conclusion. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, what's to be said about this, Moan? Because that that game Sunday wasn't exactly, you know, the result of some, let's go win one here, let's, let's get a winning record or whatever. Although that thing, the concept in general, is completely overblown. Yeah, uh, you see, when you see leaders saying you let one slip, uh, I think it kind of resonates a little bit that internally they're probably fighting that stigma being below 500. I know for sure I didn't want to be a part of a team that had one of those losing seasons, just being completely honest. If we lost mm-hmm. Ben or key players, <laughs> me personally, I was like, not on my watch. You know, my senior year in college, I was on a part of the team that ended up getting our head coach fired, you know, and to be attached to that sentiment or that event, it sucks, man, because you, you're always correlated with it, whether it's your fault or not. And I, I think those guys internally are kind of dealing with that to say, nah, this this isn't the legacy we want to have on our record because there's some great players on it. It's just a matter of, of, of the team, in a sense. I mean, every coach has had one. And the biggest conversation around Coach Tomlin is he's yet to have a losing season. That is a badge of honor. If we can be frank, like that's – that's cool as it get when it comes down to that. And right now, you're on the verge of it. That's just the reality of it. He's also had uh, only one double-digit winning season out of the last five. Uh, he obviously hasn't succeeded in the playoffs right. in a long time. And I don't know, Moan. <laughs> you know, yeah. you take it from here because I don't even have a question to ask. Yeah, I, I, it was but funny you say that. Uh, I was having a conversation earlier um, about that being the case. Somebody brought up the Minka uh, conversation in a group chat. And I, mean, I was like, Mo, you're sourcing the information from group. No, no, it's not that. It's just that's what we're doing here is we're talking about the rest of the season. Like, what does it mean? What comes next? And uh, a good buddy of mine that played in the NFL kind of said, is this where the change happens? Is this where, you know, the, does the voice get stale in the sense of the message when it comes down to the play and the team and the culture? And I think when you look at this team, everything lines up. Nobody's getting out of whack when it comes down to, you know, uh, uh, attitude and ability. Everybody understand that winning is the mission. You see that being the case, too. Um, but you almost uh, look at Andy Reid, Philadelphia, 
situation. You know, it's not to say Andy was bad because, heck, he left there and went and got his first Super Bowl as a head coach, mm-hmm. right? But that's always going to be the case when you look at that conversation and say, geez, this feels kind of dirty to talk about it because he's done nothing wrong in the sense of his coaching and his team. But it's a matter of what ownership thinks, Omar thinks, and, and just the results and what you're giving year in and year out. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing. One of the things to remember about uh, any NFL head coaching discussion is that you're not just talking about the person who's standing on the sideline on Sundays. You're talking about the guy. You're talking about the one who's got his fingers in every single pie in the operation, including the draft, including player acquisition, including whenever somebody somewhere at South Water Street might have said, hey, the Bears are offering Roquan Smith. Okay. <laughs> now we can't know how that goes. Right. We can't know that if you know it's Omar Khan saying, Hey, I, I don't I don't like this guy, we don't want him, or if it's Tomlin saying or if it never even, you know, if it comes, comes up. up. Right. But he's in everything. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about a voice being stale, sometimes I think people will hear that as if the players have tuned him out or something. They haven't. They absolutely haven't. But the whole concept can become stale. It, it, it can, man. And as uh, you know, I'm very pro Coach Tomlin. And to have this conversation to me is just like, I can't believe we're actually talking about it because <laughs> y'all know tell. where I stand. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell. But, but if it can happen to anybody. You know, the big conversation this past week was Deion Sanders leaving Jackson State because he created such a culture at an HBCU stadium or, or, or team and built it up and this is his baby. And then, woof. He leaves for Colorado. Which everybody knew he was going to do, not to turn this into a I'll be honest with you. I was a little lost on it initially, but I listened to his message to his team. And the message to his team was, in this business, be it football, playing, coaching, no matter what, you either get pushed out or you move on, no matter the person. And uh, you look at every team, all 32 teams, they've either had a coach that walk away like uh, the Saints did, right, with their yep. head coach. Bruce Arians somewhat got walked, pushed away. Mm, yeah. Or, or, or that was both with him. Or yeah. you get fired. I, I don't know that Sean Payton wasn't in some ways at least nudged with all the extracurricular yeah. stuff that was going on there. But, yeah, your your point stands. Yeah, and, and I think that's where uh, in this turn with new quarterback, new regime of what the NFL is, I think the bones of Pittsburgh forever is going to be embedded in that team on South Water Street that you speak of, but it's a matter of kickstarting the rest of it. And I don't know if that means Coach Tomlin gets another 10 years or whether he gets another 10 games. You know what I'm saying as far as making his case. But at least on the fan side, I know that conversation comes up a lot. Oh, you think? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's was the reason we're talking about it now. Yeah. I mean, it, it's only everywhere. And I, I think especially as we head into the coming week, if they were to lose in Charlotte, they're playing the Carolina Panthers this week, obviously. Uh, you would really see. I mean, Charlotte, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we'll see if that happens before Ooh. we start panning them for it. <laughs> but uh, – the circumstances kind of go out the window in those cases, don't they? I mean, no one says, well, hey, you didn't have your quarterback or TJ's playing at about 30% or anything like that. It's just, hey, right now, 
right now, in this moment, yeah. look at the record. Look at being eliminated from the playoffs. Don't think about the development or the progress or anything else. Look at the outcomes. Yeah. And and what's crazy, this will just be his first losing season. And that's what sucks about it. Yeah, I don't know, Moan. I, I, I'm not that into that whole stat. I'm just, I just never have been. To me... You know, if I listen to what they say, when that, whenever yeah. it, whenever it's Art Rooney and Mike Tomlin and, and before them Kevin Colbert saying that the the objective is to win the Super Bowl, and you're not having any success in the playoffs, to yeah, me this has been fair. a whole lot of losing for a while now. Uh, so I haven't really cared if they've won eight games or nine games or the ten or whatever it is. I just uh, don't care. But uh, okay, we'll, we'll continue this because I know we're up against right, it. Okay, yeah, no matter what here. what there's... it means, yeah, yeah, we got to yeah. keep going on this one. Yeah, here we go. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. As promised, more on the Mike Tomlin subject. Not that that'll be unpopular, uh, regardless of your feelings on the head coach. The feelings tend to be very strongly held. And that's what happens when you're around for a long time. Uh, you're going to be polarizing. The people yeah. who like what they see, you're going to remember the good. They're going to value that. The people who don't like what they see, and that's been mostly negative of late, uh, that's that's different, you know? Mm-hmm. And what do you see? What do you sense right now from the public, Moan? Because you are part of this. Yeah, I am. I'm always well, – I heard it even while I was playing, though. Coach Tomlin's got to go. He's got to go. We need new eyes on this thing. And, you know, I've always heard the caveat of that, well, he doesn't have a losing season. That Yeah, that's always the conversation. Uh, I say that comes from our fan base. The other side of this says this from team from a team that I cover and just, you know, people being on other teams and organizations is – well, Pittsburgh's always in it, though. I think that's mostly the saving grace of it all. That's and, more flattering than the the, the to me, That's yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that that's always the conversation. Is Pittsburgh is always in it, even if they're not as good as you want them to be. They're always in it. I think that does hold stock, DK. Despite the wins, losses, and when you lose in the playoffs, I, I've I've kind of said this in a sense when it comes down to Super Bowl teams. And, and staying stu- Super Bowl teams and relevant. Pittsburgh every year gets at least four or five post-1 one, one p.m. games. That happens because you're the show. The fans always travel. It always tunes in, and you usually are winners. That's correct in saying, right? Yes. In order to be Super Bowl teams to me and be one of those top echelon teams that people always speak of, I say this. You fly above the line as far as performance constantly. And then you find yourself in the era of winning and winning good, whether that be because of your quarterback, the skilled players around them, and the defense. It all lines up. And also, let's be honest, you know when I'll say this, scheduling matters too. Who you see in the regular season, what injuries happen to other teams, capitalizing on those moments, winning tight games by one to three points, that matters too. And then eventually, if you fly high and above that line constantly, one or two, or in the Patriots uh, since three of those years, lends you a Super Bowl. When you build a team, when you cultivate a team, what the Rams did last year, you look at that and say to yourself, they all buy players, but there was a bunch of recruiting and lobbying to get guys like Vaughn and, and having OBJ sign. Yeah, that's that's that different. Was different. They, traded, yeah. they traded for a quarterback. 
You look at teams, I, I, I'll be honest, you look at Dallas this year. Dallas finally has Dak together. They got the running game together. They got this offensive line finally somewhat healthy. They got a defense. They got a secondary that works. And Dallas, let's be real, for about the last three, four years, minus the year that Dak was hurt, have been flying above the line, right? Yeah, for the most part. They have, and now is their time to strike if they can get past a team like Philly. Philly the exact same thing, even though there was a steep dip in their quarterback play and trading off guys. They got hot with a young quarterback, a really good defense, and skilled players around them to get that Super Bowl. See, if I if I look at Tomlin's tenure, there's a part of me that wants to play devil's advocate. Oh, I love, and, let's do it. And say, okay, listen, they the Steelers were in that mode that you're describing, yeah. the flying From when, thing. 14 to 17? 17. But from 17 till now, we've seen this steady, like okay. this, decline. I think that's fair, certainly in terms of expectations. Yeah. Um, and, and that doesn't, that's not a coincidence that that aligned with AB. I, I mean, I hate to say it. We all talk about quarterbacks <laughs> and everything else, but AB was the one thing that nobody else had. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And when you couple him with the experienced line, with the Hall of Fame quarterback, with the, with you know everything else, the running back and when Lev was here and everything else, you had that opportunity when you went to Foxborough. Yeah. Okay, and you had, all right, here it is, here it is. And then ever since then, it's just been kind of like this. Even as you had a couple of guys like a TJ and a Minka come along, yeah. that kind of sustained things, but they're sustaining it on a treadmill moan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They really yeah. are. They're they're doing this. You know, there's Minka yesterday with a knockout punch on the quarterback and everything else. You they still have, like you said, some terrific players. Right. But if I'm making a devil's advocate argument here, I'm saying, hey, wasn't he due some type of regression and a reset button? Do you see what I'm saying here? He, was he do it? Yeah. Well, yeah, that that's he what does, I'm saying, that, including resetting the most important position. And that you mean quarterback or head coach? Quarterback. <laughs> no, it's okay. quarterback. Yeah. Uh, okay. So in, in that point right there, it was doing that's what I was thinking. And and all of this, like he's had his ups and it's been as steady as you said, the incremental fall. Mm -hmm. Is he allowed a pendulum swing to the other side to come back over? You know, is he allowed that in Pittsburgh with the standard that <laughs> the standard is the standard? Because I'm looking at it. Cowers win percentage, I think I just looked at was 62%. Uh, and when you look at uh, Coach Knowles, his was 52%. Oh, yeah. He really fell off. You know? But so is he allowed that in today's football? Despite what people feel about him. And we know how that goes sometime, right? But does, is he allowed that, DK? Yeah, I think the fans would allow it if they saw on a consistent basis good decisions. That don't even necessarily have to result in a W that Sunday. But, and here I go again, when you're <laughs> carrying that offensive coordinator around, okay, you're embarrassing the whole coaching staff. You're embarrassing the franchise. And I, I just don't get that. I, I get it. I mean, okay, he made his choice. He made the bet. He has to lie in it and everything else here. But is that more important than what we're seeing on a Sunday-to-Sunday -Sunday basis, is that more important than having the best coordinator in place to help Kenny Man. Pickett, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth progress? No. Right. No. No. Right. And I think that's the part that rattles people. It's not, oh, he should have called a timeout in this situation yeah, or, or whatever. Or talent here. 
it's more like what happened with Roquan Smith, presuming he was available. It's what happened with this draft pick or that draft pick. Should they have gone for the trenches as soon as they saw that you guys were starting to fade into the sunset? Yeah. Should they have gone for the trenches when they saw that you guys? Yeah. I mean, this is a. I'm going to repeat yeah, that on purpose fair. because that's a big bleeping deal right now. Yeah. They just watched you guys go and wished you farewell. I thank him. Uh, so, so, so here we go. I think in Pittsburgh, it lines up GM to coach, right? And all scout, everything lines up as far as decisions being made. Everything. And though, in, in those moments, I wonder was that Cav, was that ownership, was that, hey, maybe we are closer than we think and you're actually not, you know? But it, it still doesn't escape you from criticism when you see it actually has a fall off. That's where you're at right now, right? Sure it is. There's still criticism behind sure it. Sure it is. Because uh, the running the running back gets drafted in the first round, and the undrafted free agent looks almost as good, if not better at times. That could have been, you know, let's not could, start mentioning centers who play in Kansas City. Okay. I mean, that, 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 okay. I mean, yeah. you got to take care of the trenches, and that's a Steelers thing. It's always been a Steelers thing until the last two, three years. I, yeah, it is. You always had that secession plan. Uh, I remember when, when Pounds came in with Hartwig was – I mean, uh, yeah, Hartwig was pretty much – you already knew what was going to happen when you take him in the first round because mm-hmm. – and I thought Hartwig probably had two or three years left in him. Yes. I did. Yeah. I did. Uh, so, they didn't yeah. care. They had an opportunity to take an impact player at a position the that the franchise – that specific position that the franchise has valued for decades. So um, there are a few pieces away for sure. Uh, I, I do think the the magnifying glass does get a little higher, get a little closer. I mean, thicker as far as the concentration. If you lose some, to some teams, you're not supposed to, you know, because that Carolina. looks like coaching. Yeah, that's coaching. Car- this yeah. is a uh, this is a big game, man. As far as nine, if if that's the number, or if it's six, DK, let's be real, right? It, it's it's a big result either way because you can't go and play that team in that stadium, meaning yeah. home field. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and lose. That's a home field advantage down there. That stadium is going to be ninety percent Steelers fans, even with the team being five and eight. Yeah, they'll travel from Atlanta, from Tennessee, from South Carolina. Yeah, that that will be a home game for the Steelers in Carolina. Yeah, so I, I just it's going to be fascinating to watch. Let's it, let's put it that way. It four really games, is. right? We'll we'll, yep. we'll know a lot in four games, and also we'll know whether your buddy is is in or out for next year. I don't know, man. He can keep throwing to Zach Gentry and work his way right out the door. When we come back, the only segment that matters. Hey, Moan. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters. That's brought to you by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where three expert chefs fine-tune every detail so that every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability. Order your favorite item at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. Today's entry comes from someone who just goes by, this coffee is cold. It's, well, I can tell you it's not cold at get-go, including the nitro that they're rolling out. You're really going to love that. They brought it down to our offices. 
moan late last week. Yeah. I guess they wanted to go for the, the coffee connoisseur and see what he thought of it. It was outstanding. It was a I French vanilla it. brand. Yeah. Uh, really, really good stuff. Anyway, here it comes. <laughs> hey, Moan! With Kenny Pickett in the concussion protocol twice now this year, it has me wondering about Ben Roethlisberger early in his career. Before Todd Haley changed his style of play, Ben took a lot of hits. And if we would have applied modern concussion protocols to that era, ouch. Is it fair to say that Ben would have missed a lot more games? Actually, Moan, you can feel free to interject yourself into that one. Uh, as, as far as concussion protocols sure. and whatnot, yeah, I've yeah. seen coaches take a whole lot more time. The 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 uh, idea that you just roll players back out, no, that is old. Coaches are more cautious about it. Players are more cautious about it. Uh, and, and truthfully, it does become one of those um, prod type of things in a sense. Okay, I'll just I'll just say that. Wow, Kevin Colbert just texted me. I don't know what this is about. Uh, but speaking of which, he was one of the main people that was ahead of the curve by saying, hey, if y'all are got something going on with your brains, say something. And I had a, 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 uh, a pack with Marquise. Like if he has something going on, Pounce is going to say something to me. Hey, Mom. Let them know I got something. Or if I had something going on, hey, pounce. Hey, grab wig, nor wig. Why? Why? I'm curious. Why wouldn't because you just do it yourself? It's begotten. It's, it used to be one of those things where you just keep going. And then you realize you're an idiot if you keep going. Me, personally, I see guys. Because it's not a break. It's not a tendon. It's not something you got to have surgery on. You can walk fine. Everything around just fine. So am I hurt? What you look like say. you're fine you walking off like the field. Fine. You look like you're tapping out. Exactly. So because of that, it's better to have somebody in those situations. And, and it's, it was weird. It happens in games where you're usually losing or something, right? Or you just had a bad play. That's where it usually comes from. Like, it's man, the, the quarterback it, just got dinged. I'm sure yeah. Kenny, that's why it's Kenny It's the Lima Swede syndrome, but that, I, I digress. It is, but that's why <laughs> Kenny went back out there and they yanked him back out, right? Yeah. He yeah, was he, like, I'm fine. No, he was deemed to be, according to, to Mike Tomlin, symptomatic after he went back out. Like somebody saw something from the sideline, a spotter. They were keeping an eye on him. And as soon as they saw something that didn't look right, it was like, uh-uh out exactly and that's probably one of the best things that ever happened in a game i was covering a team uh recently that had a guy have a concussion did not show up well he had a concussion on monday on the report finished the entire game and instead of potentially missing maybe one week or two weeks he ended up missing like three almost four because he stayed in the game and made the condition worse the protocol has got so much more different now it used to just be all right pass the test how do you feel? Good? No headaches? Okay, good. Roll them back out. Now the impact test has to be passed. Okay, there's also a motion side of concussions that you have to pass too because what they've learned is the vision sometimes, movement, running up and down, banging into guys will onset the concussion again. So now you have to pass that to where you got to exert a whole bunch of energy to, to pass it also. And, of course, the NFL, I'll be frank, is trying to save his behind. Okay. They don't want any more bad press. The advancement in helmets have or gotten a lawsuits. whole lot better. Or yeah. Lawsuits. Or yeah. Lawsuits. That's what they're worried about. They don't worry about people like me. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? They're worried about the lawyers. When you're dipping into that cash, and um, it, it, it's just better. It, it just is, man. Would Ben have missed more games? 
Oh, of course he would have. He, with the way in they fact, do it now? Yeah. yeah. In fact, if, if one of the things that Ben did, was it last year where he had a – he. He self-reported at one point. He was on yeah. the side he, on the sideline. He wasn't feeling right. He looked over to his left. He walked over toward that tent and said, "Hey, something's off." It, and and was, he spoke about it afterward. He he was proud of it. He wanted people to know see, it so that he could contribute to altering the culture a little bit. You, you know. See, you see what I'm saying? Like it, it's. It's changing now, and that's a good thing. I'm conscious about it with my kids. <laughs> I am. I, any bet. young kid that um, I'm teaching a game to, I tell them, keep your head out as much as you can. Some what guys What's like, like some guys block with as a battering ram. Like they dip their head to make contact. Don't do that. No, you butt people up with your hands and chest and your face mask to follow. It's not a head down type of block. If it's well, head down, yes. There's one exception, one exception to that. What's that? Dave on perfect. <laughs> I'll say this. Dave didn't want to do that again. That was one of those moments. That may, that may have been that game when he asked you, what the bleep are we doing? That may have been the game. Okay. It, it might have been. I'm not sure which one it was. There were so many. I'm almost pretty sure it was, man. David DeCastro with the the bull the bull horns lowered, <laughs> looking for fifty five on the other side. And, and truthfully, the helmet ain't a weapon, no. so don't use it as such. And I know a lot of people get ticked off when uh, guys run through quarterbacks and they leave with their helmet first. Take the head out of it specifically and show, like, man, I'm being as safe as possible because that's the one thing you can't really heal as much as you need to. Uh, is is the brain like when you really break it down and look at like the diagram of what it looked like? Yeah, you you being an Iron Man ain't necessary in those moments. Well, correct me if I'm wrong too, since you're describing it that way. But if you lead with the head too, aren't you risking your yeah your I, neck? I that's mean, a it, part just of it. Use the safer body parts it, you know, it all is. around. The game has changed in a lot of different ways, and I'm happy for it, especially on the health side, specifically because I have kids that play or kids I know, man. I, it cringes me when I see those videos on social media, those coaches lining them up, bull in a ring. I'm like, I bet you didn't even play past middle school, did you? And here yeah. you are using these kids, you know, for something that you never did in your career, you pine rider. <laughs> That's stop. something I've had really good discussions about this with Merrill Hodge. He's really passionate See? On, on this particular subject. And he will insist that football is the safest it's ever been now in large part because of proper instruction yes. before anything else. It's not just about the tents and the spotters and the coaches changing their mindset and cultures. It's also about and primarily about someone like Merrill will tell you technique. Yeah. Do yeah. it right. Play the game right. Play it safe on all sides. And when somebody isn't doing that, they'll stand out like such a sore thumb yep. that it's easier to legislate against them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's easier to throw a flag because you'll see something. You'll go, whoa, not used to seeing that. <laughs> yeah. And what's crazy, too, I think a lot of that Cincinnati stuff that we went through mm -hmm. was partly because that was in the phase of transitioning into safer ways to tackle. Remember, mm -hmm. like that, that was a huge part of it. Like, I remember, dog, why are you out here like this? To your point, it makes it easier to point out. It makes it easier to find, easier to suspend because 
that ain't how we're doing this anymore. There's not enough yellow cloth in the world to have, to have accounted for all the flags that would have been thrown on you guys in those games. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, but I'll say this, too, before the comments come to the chat. No, the game is not softer. No, guys hadn't gotten soft. It is still a brutal game, especially in the trenches. And if specifically you got little guy on little guy who's running at least 18 to 20 miles per hour running into mm-hmm. each other, it's still a game in which you got to prove it. Yeah, it's still a 50 mile an hour collision if everybody's if they're coming at each other, kickoff returns. Oh, yeah, come no on now. Question. Moan, let's do it again tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right.